As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Looking ahead to Week 4 Sunday on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Everyone, happy Friday! Welcome into Fantasy Football in 15 for Friday, October 2nd. One game in a week four down. We've got 14 more ahead of us this weekend, and of course, Monday. Nice fun nightcap, perhaps, or uh, game week cap between the Packers and the Falcons on Monday Night Football. So that's something to look forward to all day Sunday with the 13 other games you'll have that day. I am Michael Beller. I am joined by Derek Van Riper. DVR, what's going on? Not too much. Looking forward to another great weekend of football. Yeah, man. Uh, we already got it started with Broncos and Jets, and we've got a nice full week ahead of us, of course. Not completely full, at least as scheduled, with Steelers and Titans being officially postponed. They will not play this week. They will find a way to get this game in the schedule later in the season. So no Titans, no Steelers, and that, of course, is a monkey wrench for fantasy leagues. Just thinking about it from the uh, perspective of a fantasy football commissioner, how do you think this should be handled? It's a mess. Uh, you know, I think it's frustrating and, and, you know, one of these things that you didn't really anticipate coming into the year, especially to the way the first three weeks went. It kind of seemed like things That's were true. going really smooth. But I think the most fair way to go about this is to either open up an extra bench spot or two for teams impacted or do it for the entire league so that there's not an advantage to having those players and just have extra ads and drops if possible right just open up some roster flexibility I think that's the the easiest way around it it doesn't give any teams an advantage uh, it offsets the loss of players from that game it's weird though because I don't think we have a concrete handle on how the game's going to be made up yet either eventually there's going to be some extra game that gets thrown into the schedule, and that doesn't necessarily seem fair either. Then people who had those players get an extra option later, I guess. Like, it's just, there's not a perfect solution. 
Yeah, there really isn't. It would have been beautiful if the Titans and Steelers had the same bye, right? Because then you just mm-hmm. throw this game into that spot. Unfortunately, they don't. I can't remember who it is now off the top of my head, but one of them's got a bye week seven and one of them's got a bye week eight. So I'm sure there's going to be some mixing and matching using those two bye weeks uh, to get things right. I, th- I basically agree with you. Uh, I commission a few leagues my on my own, of course, and uh, uh, the, ba- the way that I've been doing it basically is telling people if you have a Titan or a Steeler who you typically start and you need to pick someone up, to replace them, let's say, like here's a good example. Um, you know, someone in one of my leagues has Johnny Smith. That's their only tight end. So they got to pick someone up to replace Johnny Smith. I uh, just told them, you know what? Drop Janu, pick up whoever you want to replace him at tight end this week, and then we'll just throw Janu back on your roster next week. That's, I think, the easiest way to do it. At the, you know, we want everything, of course, to be fair and have some competitive integrity, and we don't want anyone getting an unfair advantage throughout the season. But also, this is just fantasy football. We are here, first and foremost, to have fun with our friends, and that's what matters most. So try to take it easy. Try to be as lenient as possible. Don't go too crazy, and just make it easy. Make it easy because you want this to be fun. You don't want to get into some fight over a fantasy football league of all things. So be lenient, be flexible, make it easy, and keep it fun, right? These people are already dealing without uh, some some of their best players uh, right off the bat when they didn't expect to. So let's keep this easy and don't go too crazy about it. Again, no Steelers and no Titans here in week four. Let's move on to some of the people who we will have, Derek, or at least who we think we will have Devontae Adams return to practice for the Packers. Of course, he missed last week's game with the hamstring injury, but back in practice on Thursday. Alan Lazard, undisclosed, did not practice on Thursday, so we'll keep an eye on that certainly the rest of the day today, see if he gets back into practice for the Packers on Friday. Julio Jones, also with the hamstring injury, returned to practice for the Falcons on Thursday. This is a Monday night game, so hopefully we have some clarity on all three of these guys before we have to set our lineups or the majority of our lineups going into play on Sunday. Packers are favored by seven. We've got a 56.5 over-under on this game. Derek, these high-scoring games this year, the ones that have that expectation, have mostly been playing to script, and I think this one is going to live up to the billing too. Yeah, I I think it's weird to see that the over-under has actually fallen a point and a half since this game opened. I would have expected it to maybe tick up slightly. I think it can get up to 60 relatively easily. I think the Packers' defense has some issues in the secondary. I think depth is still a problem for them there. I think the Falcons can score on pretty much anybody anyway. Uh, It would not surprise me if the Falcons keep this game a bit closer than that seven-point line suggests. I mean, these are two teams headed in opposite directions right now, but Atlanta needs this badly. Dan Quinn needs this to keep his job, and I I think this is a week where Atlanta really shows up. So I would say the Packers are actually on upset alert, but I do expect this game to be legitimate back-and-forth shootout, and a ton of fun on Monday night. Yeah, 0-3 are the Falcons this season with two just back-breaking fourth-quarter collapses. So uh, this week is a big one for Dan Quinn and the Falcons. Terry McLaurin was limited in practice on Thursday. He has a thigh injury. There was no word of this on Wednesday, so seems like something new for Terry McLaurin. Friday's practice is going to be very important for him. Washington at home this week against the Baltimore Ravens. Kareem Hunt did not practice again for the Browns. He has a groin injury that is now two days in a row. No practice for Kareem Hunt. If he is a no-go 
on Friday. That would basically tell us exactly what we need to know about Hunt. Let's talk about DFS for a second here, Derek. And if Kareem Hunt doesn't go, Nick Chubb to me, $7,000 on DraftKings. That is an auto, no doubt about it. Get him in your lineup. And even with Kareem Hunt, we know he's not going to be at 100%. One way or the other, Nick Chubb feels like a very good play in DFS contests this week. Yeah, I think the key here is if Hunt is ruled out, the usage rates for Nick Chubb will be very high. So for your big field tournaments, he becomes a little less appealing, but he almost becomes necessary. If you add pass catching work to the already heavy workload he gets, this game should be back and forth as well. I do think the Browns keep it about as close as the line suggests. So everything really lines up really well for Nick Chubb. And if you were setting prices without Kareem Hunt, you would set a price probably in the $8,000 range. Chubb is 7000 flat on DraftKings this week, so definitely a lot to like. Yeah, $8,000 is where you find Alvin Kamara on the main slate as the most expensive running back, and I agree with you. Obviously, DraftKings prices are locked in before this injury information, especially late-week injury information, as we are talking about here, comes out. Uh, So you are probably getting a $1,000 discount from where Chubb should be to where he is if uh, Kareem Hunt does indeed sit out this game for the Browns against the Cowboys. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, some more injury updates from practices on Thursday. John Brown returned to practice for the Bills with his calf injury, so good news there. This was an injury he suffered in the first half of the team's win over the Rams in Week 3. He missed the rest of the game. The fact that he was able to get back on Thursday, even in limited fashion, not a guarantee, not a rubber stamp that he'll be out there on Sunday, but definitely a step in the right direction. No practice once again for Leonard Fournette with that ankle injury, so we're inching ever closer to trusting Ronald Jones for one more week if Leonard Fournette is unable to go. Ronnie Stanley missed practice on Thursday. Ronnie Stanley is the starting left tackle for the Baltimore Ravens. That is now two practices in a row that he has missed with a shoulder injury. Wouldn't be a situation where suddenly you're benching Lamar Jackson or benching Mark Andrews or Marquise Brown because they don't have their left tackle, but still something to keep in mind. Maybe you recalibrate expectations for those players if Stanley is unable to go. This one, is a big deal in the fantasy world. DeAndre Hopkins did not practice for the second straight day because of an ankle injury. That definitely is a concern. If he can't get back on the field in limited fashion on Friday, got to imagine that the Cardinals, fantasy managers, Kyler Murray, everyone who leans on DeAndre Hopkins is going to have to give it a go without him. For the sake of our discussion here, Derek, let's assume that Hopkins doesn't go. Do you have any interest in Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, or last week's two-touchdown guy, Andy Isabella? 
there's certainly a case to bump them all up, but I wonder if they all sort of pick up a little to the point where none of them are automatic season-long plays. You know, Christian Kirk, I think, is the most talented of those players at this stage of their respective careers, so he's probably the guy I like the most in a vacuum. DFS, you know, that's so price-dependent. That's that's kind of a, a different sort of question, but I'm just looking at the target shares for Hopkins in the first three games. 43.2%, 27.3%, and 36.4%. And Keyshawn Johnson was second last week. He wasn't even part of the conversation, but he popped up last week with a 21.2% target share. So it's really strained. This is a team that spreads the ball around really well. I wonder if they would maybe get Kenyon Drake a little more involved in the passing game too, if Hopkins wasn't available. I think it'd just be a series of adjustments where the extra bump in value doesn't necessarily go to one player. But if I had to pick one guy to upgrade, Christian Kirk would be that player. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. And he did miss last week's game with a groin injury, but he's been practicing this week. So it sounds like Christian Kirk is going to be able to get back into the lineup for the Cardinals this week. Derek, one last thing I want to talk about here on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15, and it has to do with someone who's not going to be playing this week. That is A.J. Brown of the Tennessee Titans. He and his entire team not playing this week. A.J. Brown probably wouldn't have been playing anyways because of the bone bruise to his knee that has kept him out for a couple of games now. However, Titans are saying that he is on track to return in week five. So here we are three weeks into the fantasy season. Trade discussions are certainly buzzing around the fantasy community. What do you think the trade value is right now on AJ Brown? You're probably getting a a steady wide receiver two type back. If you're doing a challenge trade, maybe you're getting an RB two back if you're going for a running back. But I, I think people are still erring on the side of caution. And I mean, I think this is a team that's shown they've got a bit more depth offensively than we gave them credit for coming into the season. We've seen Corey Davis play pretty well. Johnny Smith's taken on a larger role. You know, Adam Humphrey's out of the slot the last two games has had a larger share of the targets as well. Uh, so you kind of wonder if the Titans might ease Brown back in once he's healthy enough to play again. Is he going to be a target monster or is he going to be a six-ish target per game guy initially and sort of slowly build his way back up toward that true number one receiver designation. So I would actually be more inclined if I had him to try to trade him away than to go out and trade for him in places where I don't have him, just given the way I think this team can function as they bring him back. Yeah, you know, to me, this is a classic situation of where you are in your standings depends on how much you would want him or not want him, uh, because we're still talking about a bone bruise to the knee. It's not like the easiest injury to come back from, even once you're back. It could still be something that flares up that requires some sort of ongoing care. So, you know, that could be something that complicates matters when you're looking at A.J. Brown in the trade market. I do think that once he is back, he can very quickly become the guy who we thought he was coming into this year, someone who had you know a monster second half last year and looked like he could graduate into the wide receiver one class this year. So if I was sitting at 2-1 and one or 3-0 and oh, or after this week at 3-1 and one or 4-0, and oh, then I would be pretty aggressive in trying to get him. I will say, however, that he's not the one I would be most aggressive on. I look at Chris Godwin as a great trade target right now 
for people who are sitting at after this week, especially four and zero or three and one in their leagues, because we already know that Chris Godwin is pretty close to already being down for the Buccaneers week five game against the Bears. Reason being, it is a Thursday night game. So the quick turnaround here, the Buccaneers had, you know, didn't say it officially, but they were already hinting at the fact that he's not only out for week four, he's probably out for week five too. So if the Chris Godwin owner in your league, if the person who has Chris Godwin uh, is you know, down to two and two, one and three after this week, which could very well be possible given the fact that they haven't had Chris Godwin for two and a half games or so, uh, and they had to spend a third round pick, fourth round pick on him. That's a guy who I love to go after. I think I would still go after him at about you know ninety cents on the dollar from what his draft day price is. I wouldn't need much, if any, of a discount to be feel good about trading for Chris Godwin, assuming I'm in a nice place in the standings right now. Yeah, I wouldn't either. It's a small amount of injury risk to take on, but. Uh, it's a hamstring injury. He should be fine in a couple of weeks. The only drawback there, the Bucks don't have a bye until week 13. So if it's the kind of thing that lingers for a little while, he doesn't have that break in the schedule to lean on in the near future. It's a good point. Definitely something you got to think about. You want to take all these factors into account when you are thinking about making trades in your fantasy league. And our buddy Jake Seeley has a really good trade primer up on the site right now as the lead-in to his week four ranking. So if you are a subscriber, be sure to check that out. If you are not a subscriber and you want to check that out, plus all of our other great stuff, you can do so for just $1 a month if you go to theathletic.com slash football in 15. That's going to do it for us on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. For Derek Van Riper, I am Michael Beller. We will be back with you on Monday. Until then, thanks for listening and have a great weekend.